Hi, this is Joan Stewart, host, producer, and editor of the Cross Conference Cast. I really hope you are enjoying the shows. If the audio for this show sounds weird, it's because I'm in a hotel room in Chicago and not at my Swank recording studio at home. The Cross Conference Cast is entirely free, and I have no intention of ever asking you for money. I have only one thing to ask of you. If you like the show, please tell a friend. Blog it, do the Twitters, put it on your Facebooks or Google Pluses, hit up a message board, what have you. I would really appreciate it, and it helps us out tremendously. For our blog and more on this show, please visit crossconference.com. If you have any thoughts about the show, please email me. My address is crossconference at gmail.com. T.S. Eliot wrote that April is the cruelest month. July may give it a run for its money, or at least last Monday did. With the U.S. women into the semis, I thought it would be great to visit again with Stacy of Beulasports.com. We had a great conversation about Saturday's semifinals, but just as we were really getting going about the U.S., a road construction crew outside my apartment hit a line and my entire complex lost power. But since I liked what I was able to get, I thought it was really unfair to keep it to myself. And that, my friends, is how you know I'm an American. Hi, this is Joan. It is July 11th, the day after the game. It's on the front page, or at least the sports front page, sports page of every paper in the country on um, the u.s over brazil but um we didn't get a chance to talk about any of the other quarterfinal games and i am so happy to have stacy of beulah sports back um stacy welcome back to the show thanks for having me back it's been yeah. a fun couple of days <laughs> very exciting very very exciting um now let's we can we can save the bulk of our glee and um uh, emotion for for later in the show where where we can you know really get down nitty gritty about USA Brazil, but since I mi- uh, I, I didn't miss but I didn't record about the first two quarterfinal games I want to talk to you about them. Okay, we can start with France and England. France looking like they were gonna pull off another flawless game. There, I think at the um, beginning. I mean, not not offensively, they were wasting a lot, but. At the beginning, I was like, boy, they, they look like they could have the run of this. I don't know how you felt about it. Yeah, they definitely had the run of play. I mean, they just offensively, they just have such great personality players on that team um, all over the field. And the one thing they do have a little bit of trouble with, which I'm looking forward to on Wednesday, is their midfielders are brilliant offensively. Not sure how good defense they, they play in the midfield. And I think that's the only way England stayed in that game and actually probably should have won that game. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they, they definitely play an extremely attractive style. They have such, I mean, just the way I've been talking to people today about it, um, is that they just have such cold blooded offensive players. I mean, they're ruthless. Um, they, they just, you know, it's just beautifully done. Nothing rattles them. And, uh, and they just play a very attractive style and, uh, and, you know, they, they, they play together, and, and I think we've had some uh, teams that are having trouble playing together in this tournament. Oh, yeah, definitely. Not Japan, though. But um, Not Japan. Uh, how do you – do you think England struggled to, to play together? Um, I, I think they did. Um, I didn't particularly like the starting lineup they came out with. I mean, this is a team whose defense had trouble containing New Zealand. Um, if you're going to have trouble with New Zealand's speed – 
And if Anita Asante is the solution to that, I'm not sure why Anita Asante doesn't start against France. She had a brilliant game against Japan. She was probably the only reason why England made it through that game against Japan. Mm -hmm. And she wasn't in the starting lineup against France, which has players like Pinay and Deli and I apologize for butchering their names. It's okay, but, I do um, too. And, and Avalie. But, you know, in, especially since when Asante came in, she looked really good, and she was slowing them down a little bit. Um, I, I'm just not sure I, I understood that decision. And for me, the fatal decision um, was you, she took out half her starting defense with 10 minutes left. Who does that? What do you, <laughs> you, all you got to do is hold on for 10 more minutes, and mm -hmm. you take out half your starting defense. And they weren't playing poorly. And at least Alex Scott is one of your quicker players on your, on your roster, and you take them out. And I, I just think that's when they lost the game. When she did it, I, I, I was talking to a friend, and I was like, what is she doing? What, who takes out half your starting defense with 10 minutes to go? All you've got to do is bunker and hold on. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, was just one of the more inexplicable decisions I've seen in a World Cup. And... And a game which it seemed like, you know, looking back on it, boy, I hope Powell really came unraveled there. Um, you know, not only, I mean, I mean, you're right about the, the switching out defenders, but then this penalty kick where she's asking for volunteers. Right. Uh, and, you know, today there's, you know, stuff in The Guardian about, uh, you know, you want to talk about, I hate the phrase throwing someone under the bus, but sure. calling her players cowards because sure. nobody would take the kick. Yeah, people have been sending me these articles all day, and, and it's, it's been a little astounding to me. Um, honestly, I've never been a huge fan, um, but I have seen how respected and it almost has seemed beloved she's been over the years. And then to see this behavior right now, it, I don't know whether it's uncharacteristic or maybe we just haven't been getting the news right here in the States. Mm -hmm. um, but... I don't think uh, in the tournament overall it's, it was a good performance by her, and I think her performance in the aftermath, um, I think it's been a little embarrassing for her and, and for her and for her team. I'm sure they all just want to, you know, see if they can take the microphone away from her right now. Mm -hmm. um, something that I think maybe we do in the United States that other teams don't do quite as much is practice our penalty kicks. Um, so I think we, we have a little bit of a different expectation that everyone's got a list and everyone's ready to do this. I think everyone should be. I'm not sure everyone is. Um, but, you know, just as a coach, I don't understand, as you point out, you're asking for volunteers. No, you should be picking your five best people and you should spend that five minutes pumping them up, telling them they're invincible and, and just doing what coaches do. I mean, it's not just coaches, leaders of any kind. That's what you do for the people who work for you. Mm -hmm. You you give them an assignment, and then you make them believe they can do it. And if she's, you know, asking for people to raise their hands, and she's taken out two of the people who, who clearly would have taken PKs and Alex Scott and Rachel Unit, I mean, she's already, you know, made their PKs a little difficult. Um, she's taken out two of her more veteran players. And Rachel Yankee was out earlier. Again, that's another one who would have raised her hand to take a PK. Um, she put the youngsters in there. 
and then she's going to call them cowards for not volunteering to do something they've never done before with their World Cup on the line. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think, you know, when you're a coach, you take responsibility for these decisions. Um, I, that, that's part of the job. That's part of the job when you're a manager of any kind. You take responsibility. And to not see her do that has been very disappointing today. Yeah. And she had seemed really shrewd up until, you know, basically this this particular game, I thought. You know, I mean, they, they don't look like the same team that pretty much played the U.S. like a fiddle in the spring. Right. Um, and it's it's amazing to, you know, see that incredible dismantling there they, they just in some ways they just didn't look mentally prepared for this i i don't know whether it's almost a little like with germany i don't think they expected this to be as hard as it was it's like it's the world cup it's going to be hard mm-hmm. um and you just get the feeling they you know that maybe they were reading a little bit too much of their own press mm-hmm. and they thought this was going to be an easy tournament um yeah. at least to the semifinals, and, you know, it's just not. That, honestly, is a little bit my concern of what's going to happen with the U.S. on Wednesday. You know, we play this really, really hard game. It's like, girls, you still got two more games left. Mm-hmm. Let's not celebrate too much. Mm-hmm. And, and you just, I just felt with England anyhow that there, there just wasn't the passion and the fire to understand we're at the World Cup. Um, during uh, during any of their matches, actually. Um, when I watch France and Japan play, these are two teams who know they're at the World Cup, and these are two teams who are achieving like they never have before, and that's what you love to see and why I think so many fans are having such a good time watching them both. Right, right. And and now that you, you say uh, that, it makes me think about Canada, who, I mean, they were in the, you know, the group of death, right. but... You know, is that is that maybe what happened to them? Because they got a lot, of, they got a ton of positive press. You know, they right. had people thinking they're going to go all the way to the semis, right. and and then lo and behold, they don't emerge with a point. For um, the record, I never thought that. <laughs> um, they they just have a lot of trouble defensively, and I don't think they ever solved it. Mm-hmm. Um, y- you know, I kind of have a little bit of a different feeling from England and Germany. I just feel like they were in over their heads a little bit. Mm-hmm. They're learning to play differently than they ever have before, and I feel that they've been concentrating a lot on changing their offense. And when I watch their defense, it doesn't look like they've been co- uh, concentrating on that nearly as much. Um, I mean, how many times is Emily Zerg going to freeze on the ball? She gave up two goals by not clearing the ball. She just froze right on top of it. This is a really good player. I watched her in college, and I just watched her freeze on the ball and lost my voice both times, uh, you know, just screaming at her to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, it, they just didn't look prepared, and their flanks didn't look fast, and, and that was problematic as well. The player who I really thought could have been a difference maker for them, I think only got 45 minutes the whole tournament, was Ashley Gale. Their best flank play came, or their best, their best fullback flank play came when she was on the field. Um, I, I just think their other players just had trouble... Uh, dealing with the attack, and I think it all unraveled. And I think uh, they rely on Sinclair so much, her broken nose impacted everyone, probably everyone more than it actually impacted Sinclair. Mm-hmm. And, and it just uh, it, it just all went wrong for them really fast. Mm. So. Um, well, France emerged victorious on, on penalties. Uh, they did 
they did very well. You know, I, obviously, I I wasn't as nervous in that game, but still the emotions for me were really high. Like just that, the tension of that game was magnificent. Sure. And I thought this will be fantastic for the United States because the you know whatever game whatever team emerges will be exhausted. They will be so <laughs> tired. Yeah. Um, if the U.S. can just pull out, you know, a slim margin of victory, they will have no problem. Right. Uh, because, you know, most of the work that they were going to do in the game will uh, have already been done for them. Sure. Um, Not the way yeah. it played out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, boy, yeah, I can, I can talk about that all day. But um, Japan, Germany, uh, the later game of Saturday which, you know, feels like a week ago, but it was just right. a mere two days. Uh, how many emotions can you go through in one day? It's like, sure. uh, I feel like I really did a lot of heavy lifting with my soul <laughs> um, these past two days. Uh, now, in my opinion, Japan played a practically flawless, perfect game, intelligent, patient. What, what did Japan do for you? Um, for me, I thought their defense was heroic. I mean, they really, especially, you know, I was joking with a friend of mine, I want a Kumagai jersey. I thought she was absolutely brilliant on the back line. She was, you know, sweeping up every single mess that came back there. She was covering for all of her teammates. She was playing a lot more physically. It's like, I, I'm looking right now, the, uh, Japan got four yellows during that game. That is so uncharacteristic of the way they play mm-hmm. and exactly the way they needed to play. Um, they just did everything right. Um, their defense was great. Their midfield um, was not scared by the German midfield. They maintained possession. They stayed within their game plan. Even, you know, at, at times uh, Germany was getting possession and and they were having trouble holding on to the ball. Against England, I felt that they were letting England take them out of their game. Against Germany, they didn't. And I think that was the difference. They kept playing their style. They, they never, you know, started with the, with the more panicky direct balls. They simply didn't. They, they played within themselves, and, and they played as well as they possibly can, you know, every single player on the pitch. And it is just such a rare thing for that to happen. But, you know, they, they had a sense of the moment, and they, they certainly played very, very well, I thought. Yeah, that, I, for me, that was like the most focused team I feel like I've, I've seen in years. Like, you know, as, as great as France is, you know, they, they can, you know, they, they obviously had their laps, you know, sure. against England. But I don't yeah. feel for a second there might have been, you know, there may have been one or two, you know, sloppy touches the whole game right. from Japan uh, right. and that's and that's it but they were so focused um, right uh, now on the other side what did Germany fail to do because this I think I think a lot of you know women's soccer press is basically pumping it up to the point where uh, it was Germany's to lose the, this tournament um, um, but what did what did they what did Germany fail to do in honestly this game? in a lot of what you know I hate all the mentality talk that that they do all the time and it's such a crutch for every you know national team player and coach who's now a commentator to talk about mentality mm-hmm. but I looked at Germany from their first game on and you just never got the feeling that they had a sense of the moment that they ever really realized that they're at a tournament and they must win games Mm-hmm. I've been joking, you know, from the start, you know, is this going to be a German coronation or is this going to be an actual tournament? 
Now, I'm sitting on my couch. It's one thing for me to joke about it being a German coronation, but watching the way they came out, I feel maybe their players thought it was going to be, mm-hmm. that they were going to come out, show up, and win. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after Canada played them so tight, they should have realized that it wasn't going to be that easy. And, and, you know, I just never really got a sense that they found their rhythm against Japan. I'm sure a lot of that is that Japan was playing very physically, and they were in the passing lanes all day, so their midfield was really having a, a, a tough time getting going. Inka Greens has been very hit or miss this tournament, and she was very missed yesterday. She wasn't connecting well with the midfield at all. Um, part of me wonders if, if that's because she's just not accustomed to playing, you know, with, with the top group of midfielders, and maybe that was part of the problem of the link between the midfield and the forwards. But, um, but it just... I just never got that sense of urgency until there were just, uh, you know, about a minute or two left to go in the game. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's the World Cup. You can't win like that. Yeah, I was I was personally looking uh, for, like, corner kick attempts at the beginning. I was like, you have this height advantage. Granted, right. maybe that's not, you know, exactly what the, they want to play. But it's like, heck, if you got it, right. use it. Right. Um, right. Um, they weren't really running... They weren't having the success running at the Japanese and getting to the end line to get the corner kicks, though. And I think a lot of that goes, you know, it's credited to the Japanese defense that they were just playing out of their minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Germany was just having trouble getting over the end line um, for the corners. Mm-hmm. Um, Dombavi, it was probably her least impressive game of the tournament. Um, I thought Ladera and Peter, sometimes I was wondering where are they, they've been you know, uh, getting up into the offense and really playing well. And, you know, there was just so much that, that they ha- had been doing earlier in the tournament that I just didn't see here. And I don't think you can put it on Kula going out that early. Um, she's not that vital a component on their team. That, um, and and, and they're, pretty, they're a pretty experienced side as well. So you, you can't put it to one 22-year-old going out of your lineup to what happened with their midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just, uh, it, it was a little bit of a disappointing performance for me. Um, but, uh, I'm, I'm a Japan fan. If, if the U S hadn't won, I'd have a Japanese flag flying out front and buy a Kumagai Jersey. <laughs> um, they, uh, they're just fantastic to watch. Oh yeah. They're, they're brilliant. And I, yeah, just, just terrific. And it's so, it's so, it's so wonderful to see that these, like these these wonderful teams are you know pulling out these like superb performances and these games are tight the first two quarterfinals refed i thought pretty nicely you know some maybe some cards were a little on the stricter side but uh i i thought i thought was brilliant and i was like this is great you know this is fantastic we're gonna have great quarterfinals we're gonna have great semifinals great final referee's gonna be terrific Right. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it it is. I know everyone's talking about it. You know, in in you know the real live commentators, um, you know about how great this is for women's soccer to see you know different teams, not the traditional powers. And and you know I agree with that. And the reason why I agree with it is because of the way they've been winning and the way they've been playing. Um, it's it's just been a very exciting, attractive style that. that both Japan and France have been playing, and, and it's it's great to see that that's finding success rather than, you know, the more uh, thuggish, you know, direct play 
that teams like Canada used to play um, and are trying to get away from now. So it's good to see that at least, you know, teams like Canada can see this really does work. Um, we just need to give it time and we need to get there instead of going back to, you know, the Evan Pellerud long ball days, mm-hmm. um, which I really hope they don't go back to in, a, in an extreme reaction to their finish here. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see, though. Now in what was probably the least close game, uh, Sweden and Australia played Sunday morning. I personally didn't, you know, spend too much time watching that. Sure. Um, Me either. Yeah, I, it, it was really the only, you know, game where it looked like, you know, Australia is really trying to punch above their weight here. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, Sweden just kind of looked like, you know, they were having a game of it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. See, I mean, Sweden's just a better team and. As you point out, it, this was the only quarterfinal that was just really unequally matched. And, and seeing um, what came out of Brazil's group, you have to wonder whether it really hurt them not to have a, a truly competitive match before they got to the quarterfinals. Um, because I don't think they did. That that was that group was you know a little on the light side. Um, but you know you still gotta love that Australia never gives up. Um, I just wish they had some actual defenders on their back line and weren't making <laughs> as many mistakes as they were. That's the danger of having every single one of your defenders be a former forward, and that's the danger of your youth programs putting all your best athletes up top so you can score, you know, bucketfuls of goal uh, uh, of goals. Um, you know, you've really got to have athletes all over the field. Um, and and it would be nice if it was people who grew up playing defense and actually had some instincts as well. Mm-hmm. And and I think that was a big part of their problem. But uh, but you know they they kept coming and and they kept trying. It just uh, I just don't think they had the personnel. Right. So Sweden advances and will play um, Japan uh, in the the second game. But here we come to the meat of our program. Okay. USA Brazil. <laughs> USA Brazil. I think it's all been said. I'm just I know, guessing, but more, I'm pretty sure more. it's all been said. You have the, you had this wonderful recap. I was like, yeah, it's rad. Um, though, I, I, let's talk about the first half. The first half, and you you said it. I don't know if I remember that far, but 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 we can try. <laughs> yeah. Well, well. Now you said uh, in in our in our first. Uh, conversation together that Shannon Box would be the key player yes. for this game and you were dead on because she she played the best game of her of her tournament so far yes um, she, she she looked like Shannon Box again um and, and that was great to see um I hope she can do it on two days rest because I think she needs to look like Shannon Box against France as well but as soon as she came out and she made that run up the, the left side in the box that earned the, the first goal um, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, she's back. And then she made a nice tackle, you know, a couple minutes later. And I'm like, this is going to be a, what we have been spoiled and call a typical Shannon Box performance. And I think that really, really helped um, because it just slowed the attack down a little bit and it got possession for the U.S. a little bit. So as quite as much wasn't unleashed on the U.S. Um, uh, on the U.S. defense unabated, which I thought was very important. Yeah, and then... Of course, everybody talks about Amy LaPelvet being played out of place, but she she did great. You know, she she had full confidence. She got a lot of help. I mean, yeah, talk a little it, bit about her performance in this game. Well, 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 I think as much as her performance, I think the decision, I think Pia made a great move, and, and it was a very simple move, and it's one that I think maybe people underestimate. But just putting Rampone next to her, I think gave her all the confidence in the world. 
because all she had to do is hold up her attacker and Rampone was going to get there. She didn't have to panic. She didn't have to put the ball over the end line. She didn't have to make a, sh- a shaky pass in the middle. All she had to do is stay between the player and the ball and Rampone was coming. And, and because he scored the early goal, Cheney was coming and Box was there. Um, so I really think, uh, you know, that early goal and having Shannon Box, I think it all... So that's where the power went out. I told you it was cruel. What did Stacy think? What does the U.S. need to do to beat France? Well, I'm in Chicago now, so I'm not sure if I'll get to find out until after the tournament is over. If you are a listener in the Chicagoland area, I will be watching the third place and final games of the Women's World Cup at Fado Irish Pub. I will collect thoughts from willing participants and see if I can make an episode out of it. Please come on down. Let's have a meetup. Start a four-square riot. What have you. Um, and I would I would love to meet a listener, a- any listener, a- any of you. <laughs>